0: They all say these lofty, wonderful things like, yeah, player development and having fun with the game and becoming their best. You don't get that with fundamental drills on short hops. Hello, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast, where we share stories, tips and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and Wilma Wilson for the second week of our series, Masterminding Our Way to Success. Today's theme is softball drills don't get players game ready unless you work on mental skills too. We've spoken to countless amazing coaches whose passion is to make a big impact on their players. They want to create a supportive culture that develops their skills for softball and life. These coaches are dedicated to their craft and put in a lot of time and effort, yet something is still missing. We have access to thousands of drills. Coaches share their philosophies for developing hitters and pitchers all the time on social media. Most people even talk about the importance of the mental game. Was missing is actually implementing it just as much as the physical game. Listen in to today's chat where we discuss some of the misconceptions about mental training and how to implement it daily when there are a million other things to do. Stick with us through the end because we've got a cool new coaching resource that can help with all of this. But for now, let's get going. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. We're back with Alicia and Wilma today, and we're going to catch up on actually the last almost a week and a half now um, and kind of catch up with what they experienced with their teams, what went well, what didn't, what we need to work on. And then what we're going to focus on moving forward as they've got a nice little break coming up. So they get a tiny breather before the whirlwind that is April. Uh, Alicia, let's start with you. What were some of the wins from the past week and some days?
1: Well, we did our committed course. So So that was fun because you and I had kind of revamped that course. So we got a chance. I got a chance to actually go through that course for the first time with my kids. Um, The first thing I did and recognized is that it was definitely best to go through that course a little bit at a time. Mm. And it did feel a little rushed in the beginning, just because kind of like how we talked last week of everything that we have going on. It just seems like so many extra things with with all the preseason stuff. So uh, we actually broke that course into three different days um we and we also didn't have to spend so much time in one day talking about it so that worked out really really well um and we kind of impl- and we made sure we talked about and implemented our culture words every single day that was kind of a point of emphasis as well and then really trying to have those kids connect to their why from that committed course was important um that was very successful i do uh like this revamped course better i think it connects with the kids a lot better and I think that they really got a lot out of this one. They, you know, I did it as a program this year. I think we've already talked about that. So, you know, I spent time with the entire program going through this course um, for the last week, week and a half and implementing some of the drills in practice, which I'll talk about a little bit later.
0: Awesome. Uh, anything else other than the courses that went well for your team? or the coaching staff?
1: Yeah, we had a second scrimmage. Um, So the first scrimmage was not, good as we talked about last week, but the second scrimmage, uh, was so much better. I mean, they, they, it was night and day from the way they came in, the way they approached it, the way they talked, they were loose, they were having fun, they were communicating, uh, doing all the things that I, you know, would have expected honestly the first week. So I was, I was okay with the lesson learned from the first week, moving into the second week. Um, their, their energy was just on point for the entire two hours. Cause we had like a two hour scrimmage. So their, their batting was consistent. They were consistently hitting line drives and hard ground balls, um, communicating on defense, knowing where to go and that kind of thing. So after the game was over, um, I, I said, okay, let's, you know, hustle out to left field. And they were like jumping and running to left field. And I didn't even need to say anything. They were just like, that was so much fun. So, you know, just the recognition on their part, um, was such an amazing, you know, realization for me. And then, you know, when they actually when they feel it and when they know it, you don't really need to say anything as a coach. So I was really pleased with them, really happy with them, really proud of them for the turnaround that they made in that seven day period.
0: That is awesome. And I'm so glad it happened so fast too. It's so nice for them to see like it really can be that easy.
1: <laughs> it really can be. And I think when that's your focus, you know, and and the lesson learned from the previous week, I think that kind of stuck with it. Stuck with them, and we talked about it for for that week, but just just a little bit. We didn't we didn't um, harp on it. We didn't talk about it constantly. But there, when they came back ready to practice on Monday, I knew that they would be fine, and and they really kind of picked up the energy, you know, and consistency and communication on their own without having to be reminded after that previous Saturday. So it made me really proud of them.
0: Yeah, I was very proud. Of you, you told me too. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you find that you do to help kind of empower them to give themselves that feedback? Because the weekend before, they knew and they vocalized that they weren't happy with their performance. And then this weekend, they knew right away the opposite. So what are some things that you do to help encourage that empowerment culture?
1: Well, I think it's just been a constant communication with my players, um, as well as the relationship that we have, I'm asking them very often, how are you guys feeling? How are you doing? What do you think you need more of? What do you think you need less of? Um, and I usually ask that question first because they know, and I think it's important that they feel heard. And when they feel heard, they feel um, empowered, I think, to really be honest. So that's what I felt was coming, um, from them for, from both weekends, actually. It's just the, I don't think when sometimes as a coach, we, we talk too much, we say too much, we try to fix too much. Um, but the, in, but when you really let the kids speak first, you listen to them and you have some, some agreements, but also kind of showing them and telling them some of the things that you also saw, I think is really important to help foster that, you know, empowerment that you, that you talked about.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I think it's, less about telling and more about like helping them discover the answers
1: right and i think that helps them get there faster
0: mm-hmm. um, because they know
1: you know and and it fosters itself in practice as well so when we're having a really tough defensive practice you know i know wilma runs tough practices too but when you run a defensive practice and the expectation is set ahead of time that you are making your throws and catches and if you don't if you if you have an error or you make a bad throw they you're supposed to do 10 pushups, you know, because they expect to be able to do that as well as I expect them to be able to do that. So especially in the infield, I expect perfect throws. So when it doesn't happen, I don't even need to say anything anymore. They drop and do their own 10 pushups because their expectations haven't been met. So when they aren't satisfied with the throw or they aren't satisfied with the play, they kind of, they self, um they self-consequence I guess for, for lack of a better word so that's what's really important and that's what's really empowering because they are setting their own standards as well
0: yeah I think Wilma said that last week too of like getting them to coach themselves because they are their mm-hmm. best coach I think that's all awesome. for sure hmm right, Wilma your turn what were some wins and I want to hear about the lock-in <laughs> okay for
2: <laughs> sure yeah I was just jotting down some notes of so many things that have happened and been crammed into this weekend yeah. <laughs> we last talked so um, you know, probably I would start with, we had a, like a rainy day, I think, um, last Friday, I want to say, and, um, we were just kind of pooped from the week and, you know, rather than going indoors and practice, which is so hard once you've been outdoors to keep going back and forth, we had a team meeting. I have two, um, assistant coaches, guys that both played baseball that are awesome, but they don't necessarily always want to be involved in all the girly stuff. So they were not at the meeting and um, that's when we took time and I ran them through the culture drill. Basically I split them into groups of threes. They all had to, they all had to create, come up with, you know, five words in their group. We put all the words on the board. Then I put them back in their groups, told them they all had to agree on just five. They each had to pick five. And then we we voted on all those and kept dwindling it down until we came up with their five words. And You know, those words for my team, which I was not too surprised because they're kind of a touchy-feely group, for lack of a better word. You know, they're all about making each other feel okay. And um, they did pick competitive. They did pick committed. They picked classy, which I thought was good. They said, you know, to be a class act on the field on and off. And they picked compassionate, which didn't surprise me. And then they picked discernment, which... I know, um, Mel, you said you had to go look up. Um, I, I've definitely heard the word, but I had to Google the definition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it was kind of an, a little odd way to use it. But, you know, in their eyes, they said, well, you know, it's it's we want to use it in a judgmental sense, you know, not judging others, but to make good judgment ourselves on the field, off the field. And so I was like, OK, that's cool. So, you know, we ended up with four C's and a D. So now when we do our huddle, I say one, two, three, they say four CDs. So it just kind of flows. It's kind of there all the time, kind of, you know, plugging them all the time. And so that, that went really well. And that was um, before our lock-in on Saturday. And whew, that was just kind of a whirlwind too. We didn't use do our total usual thing. We got on my little bus that I drive and we went to Holland. We all went out to dinner together. I take them to a Hobby Lobby. I give them each $6. They were assigned a team buddy. They didn't really know why or who. Um, I gave them who they had when they got off the bus and they had $6 to go spend on that person. They could buy something that they thought that person represented, that that person would like. Um, You know, before that, on the way up on the bus, everybody talked about things that they were interested in, you know, what their favorite colors were and things like that, so that it gave them a little bit to go on when they went in. And they did an awesome job with that. They get so excited about it. You know, it's not about the $6 or whether they have $20, but they just really had to go in and look for something special that represented that person and what they brought to the team. So then we drive home and we do a gift exchange back at the school. And, you know, they have to talk about why they chose the gift that they did and what that person brings to the team. And they just, it's it's like their favorite thing to do. So um, that went really, really well as well. And then we did a bunch of activities and I did for lack of a better way to do it. I took some of the activities from the committed section and incorporated them into competitions. So I took the hitting, you know, bunting and seeing how many times they could get it to their bunt to hit the glove. And we did the throwing drill, you know, we had another one, just a fun one that was a frisbee toss and stuff. So I think we had eight activities and we kept score and, At each activity, I gave a prize for whoever won that particular activity. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. So we didn't get a lot of sleep, but we hung out, went swimming. Um, Then we had Alicia's and Jen's thing Sunday, which was pretty awesome. And then we had a scrimmage on Monday that I'm kind of the opposite of Alicia. Our scrimmage on Monday, I think, went better than our game yesterday and I don't know if it was because our game was home yesterday that they were a little bit, they definitely played a little more nervous, I think. Um, you know, we talked about performing versus playing, and I think on Monday they played softball, and yesterday they kind of tried to perform. And, you know, even though we did a lot of things good, we hit well, um, you know, in general, we still scored nine runs and, you know, had eight walks. we That should be a W usually in any game, but, you know we're just a young team and we're start still trying to figure out where we're at, but so it was a very, very active, uh, last week and a half for us. And just to piggyback on what Alicia was talking about on her practices today, we had a tough practice. We had, I introduced them to Louie, the ladder, which is just <laughs> yeah. like, uh, down the third baseline. I hooked, uh, I went to our trainer. I said, I need a ladder. So we laid down the ladder down on the third baseline. We went through a bunch of ladder drills. We, we seem to have a, few kids who are very pretty slow footed. And so I said, well, you know, you can think of this kind of as a punishment, but it's also supposed to be something that's helping you. But like Alicia, she did the push-ups. I said, you know, anytime you guys make a mistake today and you have to call yourself out, you know, you're going over to Louie the ladder and here's your four ladders that you got to do. And, you know, believe it or not, a lot of them were at Louie a lot. <laughs> You know, so just trying to get them to be more focused and to understand that their actions have to be, you know, we have to kind of expect perfection and then deal with it when it's not.
0: Absolutely. I think now everyone's afraid of perfectionism. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, God, like, don't don't make them a perfectionist. It's not about that. It's about knowing how to deal with it when you don't hit the mark.
2: Correct. Yes.
0: Totally love that.
2: And you still want the focus to be for perfectionism, but Mm -hmm. also to give them the training to understand how to deal with it. Like you said, when you're not perfect, Mm -hmm. not like we're, it's not like we're, you know, you know, we're, we're kind of demanding perfectionism, but at the same time we're accepting failure. You know, I talk about how much the game is a game of failure as much as I talk about how much I want them to be perfect at it. So. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: I love that. And I, I just love the accountability piece of consequences. I know Alicia and I have talked about this before of like, it's not a punishment if A, they know the reason and B, it's just a consequence. Like, right. Well, it doesn't have to they, hurt them. doesn't have to make them cry. Or... Yeah.
2: Well, my activity is, is gained as something that we have a weakness at, you know, we are slow footed. We weren't very, agile and our feet in the game. And so, you know, I said, well, you know, this is something that's going to help improve us, our skill at the same time, hopefully, you know, that we're thinking about the fact that we didn't focus or, or perform as well, you know? And um, along with that, you know, when I gave him a team buddy, it's kind of like matching up the personalities and I thought that worked really well. We did notebooks. I, I handed out notebooks and I had a bunch of the activities in there from the different courses Um, And then I just, I didn't even really dive into it other than we did the fun activities in there and we did a goal sheet. And this group, I knew I could do these, you know, I've had other groups in the past where sometimes if you did like competitive activities, it would either turn into too competitive or it would turn into somebody that wasn't happy about it would kind of spoil it for everybody. And you know this group kind of embraced it. They didn't complain about any of them. They had fun with the activities. You know they were they were very competitive with each other. So it really was it it really was fun.
0: That's awesome. So let's go into um. So what do you guys need going into the following weeks? What do you guys want to work on more? How can we all help each other? Uh, Alicia, why don't you go first? Um, I think for me.
1: Even though this is something I've done for the past what seven years, uh, notebooks and creating these really what I think are strong practice plans and things like that. um, I still need a better I need to do better at kind of planning ahead a little bit more. Mm. Um, I still get caught up in uh, I want to do I want to do my practice plan for the week or practice plan for a few days ahead of time. And you know, I get to my full-time job and whatever else happens before I know it's time to go. So I'm like texting my assistant, can you throw something together? So it's not purposeful, um, within the last couple of weeks. So for me, it's really important that I take the time, this break that we have to really be intentional and focus on specific practice planning. That's intentional for the mental, mental training.
0: Ah, mm-hmm. oh, it's so good that Coaching coach with my full-time job and I still <laughs> like oh no I gotta gotta finish this or I thought I'd finished it and I gotta shuffle it around because people can't be there (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. always something totally I get that yeah Yeah, we'll be talking a lot about that over the next 10 days so for you listeners we got you (laughs) um how about you Wilma what do you team Um, need
2: I agree with Alicia you know I'm I'm started working again too and um you know even though I've been good about writing things down it it can change so quickly in a heartbeat, you know, and all of a sudden you're doing something and you go, oh, that's something we need to bet that I didn't even incorporate into practice. And now we need to take time to do that. Mm. Um, So there's always that aspect of it. Um, We've got a lot of kids, you know, we're still struggling with who's going to play where. So, you know, that really makes your practice plans get a little crazy sometimes when you're trying different people in multiple positions. Some might be outfield, some might be infield. Um, I know personally, I am still, trying to get my feet wet with this, all these courses and understanding them. So I'm going to take this next 10 days on some of my downtime and really need to compare the paperwork that I have with what's online. Um, I haven't really done the why specifically yet with my team. And I don't know if I'm out of order with that. That should have been done before the committed, before I started the committed. Um, you know, we did do a, hardcore with the culture thing that we've been using every day somehow but um, should I be attacking that why question immediately when we get back Um, that's probably where I need some help
0: yeah the why definitely comes next in the order so I think you focusing on culture that that was perfect Perfect. especially the whole first week and a half where things are still up in the air a lot I know Alicia got too committed but that was also because she had a shorter tryout the girls had done this last year um so it might seem like you're behind but you're really not so i think you could take a good session to introduce the topic and have them think about it overnight come back the next day then talk about their whys and in two days then you can start applying it like you did culture right okay okay
2: well yeah that makes me feel better and i Mm. know when we come back everything starts getting super fast you know so um Yeah, we need to figure out a lot of things in a short time when we return.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Always. And there's always something else, right? (laughs) Right. So we will definitely talk about getting this uh, clearer and a really good plan for moving forward so that it's easier for you guys because you don't need it more complicated trying to do too many things at once. But I want to bring up something that um, Wilma, you brought up earlier, and I know Alicia and I have talked about this too, is what to do when your assistants don't buy in. I think you said your uh, male coaches don't like all the girly stuff, right? Correct. (laughs) And I've had that too, even from female coaches, like, do I have to be there? And I would get really like, yes, you do. But like in their defense, they just don't understand the power of it and what it can do. So I want to learn a little bit more about your guys' assistance and maybe why we think they're not buying in so we can have that conversation and kind of help shuffle okay. them along. Cause it is that important. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, like I said, both my guys are, you know,
2: baseball oriented and, you know, very good guys. They, they are more into let's get it done. Let's practice. Let's not AKA waste our practice time um, with some of this, you know, mental part of the game, you know, whereas I, I, and I can see that the kids I think need it and I'm just trying to pull them closer to have these aha moments. um, You know, whereas they're more hands-on, you know, let's, let's catch more fly balls. Let's hit more ground balls.
0: Mm -hmm. How about you, Alicia? How about we were talking about one of your coaches too, same, not quite understanding the gravity of it.
1: Yeah. So like I mentioned before, I was, I'm doing this as a program. So I had to converse with my JV coach um, who I've never done, you know, as a program before. So she's never really seen the entire thing before. So I tried to, we've, we've had some communication talking about when the culture discussion is going to happen, how, you know, and that I would like to facilitate it, but here are the steps and why we're doing it. So I was ready to do the culture discussion. And because we had a couple, you know, uh, she wasn't able to come to a practice. We had some rain that we had to shift practice around. Um, I came to practice the next day to say, okay, I can do the culture with your team. And she said, I've already done it. So, so it's like, okay, so it's, I guess it's, it's important that the right language is used to make sure the right words are developed in order for them to really understand moving forward. Um, And then we also did a goal setting session, um, which again was done separately. So the goals that came out of that for the JV team kind of really didn't follow the course like I would have expected or hoped, I guess. So um, if you don't have buy-in from your assistants and if you don't set the culture and you don't set up your goals initially uh, in the right way, I guess, or with the right intentions, um, it's really not setting up you know, your team for the best success that you can have with that. So, um, from two different perspectives from two different coaches and two different programs, but at the very, very core of it is the fact that you have to have buy-in from your entire program, not only from your coaching staff, but all the way down to, to the players in order for it to be successful. And we'll keep saying it again and again, yeah, you can practice fly balls all day, but when, when that fly ball comes and it's, it's to win the regional championship. You, you better be able to catch it under pressure, right So without that it doesn't matter. So I think that's that's really critically important for moving forward whether you're cons- whether we're consulting with another team or whether you're running this program yourself is that the buy-in for them in the entire group is is the first piece before you even open the notebook
0: mm-hmm and like we have discovered, it's not that easy all the time.
1: Yeah. And it's not touchy-feely, if you know what I mean? It's like professional athletes go through this. Olympians go through this. It, right. It's not It's not subjective just to, to uh, females, right? right? So, you know, I've had a lot of coaches ask me, how can I help, including my own baseball coach in my own district, right? So he he has been requesting, you know, help for a long time. But when it's presented, it's kind of like, okay, well, thanks for the help today. Maybe we should do this again before districts. So yeah, I think that yeah. that's also kind of trying to break through, I guess, break through that idea that it's not touchy-feely, that it is isn't a Band-Aid fix. It isn't something you can do one day and then just wait two months to do it again right before the state that's tournament right. starts, right. because it's no different than if you have a slow team and you want to work on speed and agility, you don't start speed and agility training the week before districts. Right? You do it every day. You spend months, weeks, days ahead of time, making sure that it's in place, making sure that your athletes are better, bigger, better, stronger, right? So that's some of the things I've heard that's come up in the last two weeks um, from from my own program and from other programs that, that, that are around me. So it's definitely something that has to be we just have to keep working at it. So, you know, and trying to get that buy-in not only for our own programs, but also universally across the sport.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. It's, it, you don't want to, you know, from their perspective and I, I, you know, I've never really sat down with them just because I know they're, they don't have anything to do with like our lock-in, you know, if I do team gifts, senior gifts, if we sit down and do exchanges or we do all that stuff, they usually just kind of, you know, and they're volunteer coaches, so I can't twist their arms, you know, much, you know, if I can't get them to really, really buy into the whole thing, um, you know, because that that's, it's, it's kind of a, I don't want to say a guy's view, but it's, it is, there, there are those views out there that it's just, it's a waste of time. that it's a fluff type deal. You know what I mean? What well, That's not how I feel. And I, I don't consider it touchy feely. I'm just saying that that's their impression,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
2: Um, so yeah, that's definitely a culture to use our own word that needs to be changed out there. And, um, you know, I can even tell you that from like Marley's experience coaching at the college level.
0: And what's funny to me is like, ask every coach, look at every coach's resume when they apply for jobs, uh, listen to them when they're talking about why they continue coaching. They all say these lofty, wonderful things like, yeah, player development. And like, having fun with the game and becoming their best you don't get that with fundamental drills on short hops <laughs> right.
2: right yeah
0: that's a piece of it but you're forgetting the biggest piece <laughs> yeah
2: especially again like it like I'm always jealous of the college level because they have so much time with the kids they have the whole year they have so many hours it'd be so much nicer to be able to do stuff like this with them you know whereas you know, yeah, we get our kids and we can make contacts with our kids out of season. But, you know, some of them are in other sports. It's at the high school. They are just pulled in so many different directions. It's just crazy, you know, that you don't have the time necessarily that you really, really want to spend with it. You know, I mean, in a perfect world, I I, I could have would have started this in like November. I mm-hmm. think. you know what I mean? But again, you know, at the high school level, hey, I don't even know who's going to be on my team mostly. You know, so yeah, you could do it with the entire potential JB varsity program at the high school, you know, um, again, am I, my assistant coach is going to come to all that stuff in November? No, they'll come and do, you know, four person hitting and four person this, you know, but are, they're not going to come in, you know, they're both retired. They're both not going to come in, you know, if I have an after school video and activity sheet, you know, but, you know, not to take away from my coaches either they are um, quite good at connecting things on their own if you understand what I'm saying you know without a script without necessarily having a program in place you know just like you know Alicia you know I think you and I before before we've committed to doing this you know we did a decent job not the best job we could do obviously there's pieces that we could do better but you know, I think we are kind of on the right track and trying to help the kids mm-hmm. realize. You know, mm-hmm. why do you do this? You know, we we create a culture sometimes without knowing it.
0: Exactly, you know, and that's
2: something I'm learning just by looking at this. You know, there's mm-hmm. things that we we do pretty good. You know, um, but does this help us? Yes.
0: Hmm. I'm curious. What would you guys say is the most important thing for these? coaches like what what's their main focus when they come to the field
2: i mean my guys are both all about knowing understanding that you know the girls are going to cry sometimes and the girls need this sometimes and they need a arm around them sometimes you know they're both very pretty in tune with that they're not like screamers and yellers that you know try to intimidate the kids it's definitely not their approach um But I think they're about if we're here to practice, we're here to practice the game, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's hard to deviate from that for them.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, where I don't mind sometimes taking a half hour, let's go sit out in the sun, let's chit chat, let's let's talk about some things. Let's let me ask you some things that are going on with you. Let me ask you, you know, the other day. When we had uh, one of our games rained out, I handed out a note card. I took the girls inside um, and I handed out a note card and I said, okay, on one side you're going to write the word coach and on the other side, you're going to write your name. And on the coach side, I want you to write down what you think the lineup was today from the coach's perspective. What, what would have been in the book? And then I want you to flip it over and I want you to put down what you think the lineup should have been today. And Oh my God, did they struggle with it? They were mm-hmm. like, oh. This is so hard. And I'm like, okay, well, I just want you to have a little piece of the puzzle that
0: we go through. See, and this is the thing, like it's a seemingly simple activity, two steps. Yeah. Um, but it brings up the conversation, the awareness, the the lessons learned, and that that's what coaching is. Yeah. Coaching isn't just getting them to swing the bat hard or getting them to throw a nice change up, like performance happens when the people show up it doesn't happen when the skills show up right i had a
1: really good lesson learned um from the kids the connection then we did the fun activity in the committed course Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um we were doing the very first uh kind of minute to win it style game and first the first part was kind of funny because a bunch of kids had to run to the locker room except for two so there's a few minutes delay and one of the kids starts practicing the activity She's like, I run ahead and I've been practicing this because I'm going to win. <laughs> so ultra competitive, right? So one of the questions that you have to kind of answer is how committed was I to, to this particular drill or fun activity before I started? So every kid, you know, and how motivated are you? Right. So I think it was, the question was, how motivated are you to, for this mm-hmm. challenge? And everyone's like 10, 10, you know, nine, eight, eight, ten, 10. And one girl says four. <laughs> And everyone's like, really? Like, why would you say four? And one girl says, well, at least she was honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. I said, but I'm curious, you know, why did you, why did you pick four? She goes, well, I was kind of off in the corner by myself. I was distracted by the spiders. I just wasn't that motivated. So all the kids start laughing. And after laughter settles down, I turned to the team and I said, but how realistic is this to real life? And their faces just went, oh, really realistic. And I said, that's right. So sometimes you're going to have kids that come to the field that just aren't motivated that day. Yeah. So what is, you know, so that was kind of like that connection that they can make with that fun activity. Mm -hmm. And of course the, the corrections between activity that they made in order to improve. Um, but boy, did the competitive juices come out, which was really fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then I the team aspect too. of it, like, okay, you're real competitive with yourself, but like, did anybody notice she was playing with the spiders?
1: <laughs> exactly. And 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 they didn't,
0: uh-huh. which was
1: interesting because they were all so focused on their own internal personal goal, right? Mm-hmm. Of winning or right. whatever. So those are um some great connections to make with with the things that we're doing in each course.
2: Right. And not just you said, you know, how, how are you gonna deal with people that come to the fields that aren't motivated? I mean, that's just in life too. If you're an employee or an employer, you know, you're going to have people that come that are just there for the job, you know, and how do you get them to be motivated? You know, take ownership and empowerment of some of the things they need to do. So yeah, it's good stuff.
0: You haven't even done that course yet. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) I was a teacher. Yeah, you get it. Well, awesome. All right, ladies, wrap it up. What are you most excited for when you come back from break? I personally, I think I'm
2: excited to have dug my heels into this a little bit better, and just to have a little bit under more understanding, so that I can I can move forward a little bit better with the activities, with the connections. You know, I want to incorporate more of their um, personal goals on a daily basis, mm. and try to have them do a little bit more reflecting.
0: Nice. How about you, Leash?
2: Yeah, we did we did that too. I did want to mention that
1: we did a lot of that personal goal setting and reflection, and mm. in- I also had him send a reflection after some of the hidden instruction that we had this week as well. So I, I think that that documentation, not just because they said, well, you know, how do you want me to send it to you coach? I said, I want you to take some time to write it down and just send me a snapshot of what you've written. Mm. And I think that that's, what's really important, not only for the goal setting, but any type of lesson that you can learn or reflection that they can have, no matter what activity it is, including things like the presentation that Wilma's and my team attended on Sunday, When you can take that time to reflect, it's really deep and meaningful and purposeful. And I think that that's what's key. Um, But what I'm most looking for is obviously start playing. I mean, Mm. you know, we've had a couple of scrimmages. The kids are chomping at the bit. Um, Now that we're on break for, geez, what seems like two full weeks, but a really long time, you know, the kids are, my entire team is gone out of the state. So they're all over the place, mostly in Florida, soaking up some sun. Um, But, you know, they're supposed to be doing work they're supposed to be doing physical work, like throwing and catching and and also doing the next course and maybe some reading and things like that. But when they come back, I'm really ready to jump in. We have three days of practice before our first game, which is kind of nice, but just to start playing and getting in into the season so we can continue to see their growth.
0: Well, thank you, ladies, for taking the time. I can't wait to catch up again. We'll talk again next week. All right. Thank you for having me. And that is a wrap on today's episode. Be sure to check out today's coaching resource, which is learning your coaching personality. Coaching is difficult because you have to work with and figure out so many different people. We hear from top coaches that the best way to teach is to get to know what each athlete needs. Most coaches would agree that's the way to go about it, but it sounds so time consuming. So we've got a bit of a shortcut for you. We created a short quiz to help you discover your coaching personality. If you can spare five minutes, we can shed some light on how the way you think affects the way you coach. And we'll also share some tips and quick wins for working with the other thinking styles. To learn more about how to use your personality to coach each unique player, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash coach dash personality. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.